What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. In the squadron, they called him bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Thank you, thank you, and I love your ears. I love them; they're really cool. What's your name? beautiful name. That's my mommy's name. Well, nice to see. How old are you? 17? Six. Huh? Somebody call the cops. You're not supposed to say that to a little girl. 17. You know what that is? That's like a, (laughs) that is a, a, a sexually growing, flowering human being. And Joe Biden is trying to say a six year old resembles a, Sexually growing, flowering woman, young woman. This is an insane guy. I gotta call the cops. I, I have to call the cops. Somebody's gotta call the cops. You know, I've been known to do this before. I, I see something that looks totally, totally outrageous and it is outrageous. And yet we all scratch our heads. I mean, uh, all right. I can't call the cops. I guess you can say that. I guess you can say that to a girl, but you can also. Well, make sure that Joe Biden is never alone with a little girl. This is crazy talk. Uh, happened this week, and it's just, oh, Joe being Joe. No, this is not. We expect more from a president of the United States. We expect expect more from, you know, anybody. Your doctor, a janitor, a teacher, a hedge fund guy, a engineer, anybody. Everybody in the world knows not to talk like that. Man, all right, so it's a de facto, you know he's not going to be the nominee. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. Uh, Nobody in the Democrat Party will say it aloud, except for that Dean Phillips guy from uh, Minnesota. This is coming to an end. You can't, it it just won't work. They're not going to die. They're not going to throw away the Democrat Party. They're not going to throw away all that power they have right now to take a chance on Joe. All right, so I don't know when it'll happen, but it's going to happen. You know, what's going to happen? He's going to, he's going to, a couple of things. He may resign. He may, uh, say, I am not going to accept the nomination. He may accept the nomination and then give it away real quick. I don't know. I just know this, that November of next year, Joe Biden is not on the ballot. And if he is on the ballot, it's, it's like he's, he actually will not be president. He, everybody knows this is impossible from the behavior to the stumbles to the weirdness to the, uh, aggressiveness to the corruption to all of it. All right. So, uh, you know it. I know it. And people say, cause I predicted a major smoking gun. Well, I made that prediction in August. Uh, there have been three. Everyone's giving me a hard time. Where's that smoking gun you've been talking about? Well, there have been three. There have been three, uh, since we, uh, since I made that, uh, prediction. There is a wire transfer of $200,000 going from China to Joe Biden's house in Wilmington, Delaware, back when he was an ex-vice president. The beneficiary is Joe Biden, that house, his house, that smoking gun. That would have taken out any other president. We're living in very bizarre times, though, right now. Let's see. The uh, the, the personal check written to Joe Biden from his brother, brother uh, Frank Biden. Uh, no, I'm sorry, James Biden. The very day that James Biden was paid uh, $400,000 by a failing health care company, 
that hired James Biden because he said, I can get more business for this company uh, via my last name of Biden. All right. There were two such payments, two such payments, three smoking guns all together. Now, I granted one is not on audio tape. Now, they've got a problem because from what I'm hearing, uh, Joe Biden does not want to go. And, you know, he's getting very stubborn and mean and arrogant and nasty. Uh, strange stuff. He did something actually even yesterday that was across the line. Uh, anyway, so look, it ain't happening. All right. Do we understand that? We understand that. The other thing tomorrow, tomorrow is 60 years since JFK was assassinated. 60 years. Hey, if they could kill a president, they could convince Joe Biden to not accept the nomination. All right. You know, I used to be a naive guy, a very naive person. And I actually thought, get this, are you ready? I actually thought that Lee Harvey Oswald shot President Kennedy by himself. Not that very long ago, I actually, I actually believed that. Um, it was almost muscle memory though, right? Because I, I've, I've thought that way for 30 years. I read a book called Case Closed by Gerald Posner. It's a very interesting book. It's a valuable contribution. Uh, but his conclusions are wrong. All right. His conclusions are all wrong. And, for me, there's a million different pieces of evidence we can cite to uh, show that Oswald had to be working with other people, that there had to be a second gun and all this stuff. But I think the most compelling piece of evidence for me is that Lee Harvey Oswald was actually working at the school book depository along that route, even before the route was published, even before the route was published. And that shows me that he was working with other people because they knew, generally speaking, that the president's going to be in Dallas sooner or later, and this is the route he would probably take. I think maybe they were tipped off or whatever, that he was working. Think about it. This guy was a – he had taken a shot at a general. He he tried to kill a general named Edwin Walker, who was like a big deal at the time. He was famous. He was like the uh, General Milley of his day, uh, very controversial. He tried to kill Edwin Walker. Uh, he missed – Let's see. Uh, you know, he, he lived in Russia for a couple of years, yet we took him back. We took him back into America. We took him back. Uh, I was trying to go to Cuba. He was messing around at the Soviet embassy in, uh, in, Mo- I'm just scratching the surface. Now I know people will say, well, you know, he wasn't the only one who defected to Russia and he was not the only one to come back. I know, I know, I know. But if you add it all up from his signal intelligence background in the Marine Corps to his marksmanship to, his political activities to his employment history to every, everything all together. Um, he had help. He had help. Absolutely. Guy like that couldn't pull it off by himself. Now, why do they want JFK gone? I don't know. I don't know for sure. The whole idea that he knew that he was not going to get involved in Vietnam. I don't know if I buy that one either, but, uh, so it's 60 years ago tomorrow. Interesting thing about Kennedy and uh, New York City. You know, New York City is such a big, great town, right? And uh, everybody sooner or later kind of comes through New York, including John F. Kennedy. You know, he was a bit of a playboy in his 20s. He had a Park Avenue apartment that he hung out in. He had a lot of different places. But when he was a child, he actually lived in the Bronx. He lived not Bronxville, which he later moved to, but the Bronx up on, uh, I think it's 233rd and Independence Avenue, uh, roughly right around there. Great big mansion. He lived in there with his father, Joe, and the rest of the Kennedys, right? And uh, it's interesting. He lived in the Bronx. And guess what? Lee Harvey Oswald lived in the Bronx as well. Uh, isn't that weird? 
And how about this? I think this is really weird. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald lived uh, on the Upper East Side, two blocks away from where Barack Obama would later live. Isn't that weird? It's kind of weird. Kind of cool, too, in a weird way that everything comes through New York. You can look it up in the Warren Commission report. Uh, 325 East 92nd Street is where uh, Oswald lived. And then um, I think it's 433 East 94th Street is where Obama lived, right around the block from each other. Trump lived on the Upper East Side. Nixon lived on the Upper East Side. Teddy Roosevelt lived on the Upper East Side. General Grant lived on the Upper East Side. FDR lived on the Upper East Side. <sighs> Nancy Reagan lived on the Upper East Side. George H.W. Bush lived on the Upper East Side. Uh, and I think that's it. <laughs> and then you had downtown up to, you know, who else? Who else? Uh, that's a lot. That's a lot right there. Uh, Eric Adams continues to, uh, blow it up. Hey, first off, I gotta, I, sorry I missed this. What's that lady's name from Goodfellas? Miss Shepard died. Great actress. You, you know the scene, right? Uh, she plays Karen, Karen's mother. In Goodfellas, Karen, portrayed by uh, Lorraine Bracco, Ray Liotta, played Henry, Henry Hill. And uh, Miss Shepard here played the mother of Karen. And this, I believe, is the first date. Henry Hill shows up on the first date. Ready? Go ahead. Cut 17. Hello, Henry. You ready? Yeah. Come on. Oh, no. Wait a minute. What? Quick, you have to cover that cross. My mother sees that cross. Karen? Mom, I'd like you to meet my friend Henry Hill. How do you do? Hi, nice to meet you. My daughter says that uh, you're half Jewish. Um, just the good half. <laughs> All right. I love that scene. Just the good half. Anyway, the older woman, the mother. Mom, I'd like you to meet my friend. That's Suzanne Shepard. She died a couple of days ago at the age of 89. And she was so good in that movie. And I tell you what, that scene, you know, movies back then when we actually sat down and watch a, watched a movie and we weren't looking at stuff 10 seconds later on our phones, they actually, you had to think about the movie. That movie made such an impression. It rewired my brain a little bit. When I, when I was 19 when I saw that movie, I thought a couple of things. Henry Hill, number one, was so cool. When he showed up to the house, he wasn't nervous. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> and he, he's kind of funny. He's just cool. One more time, please. He's just a cool cat. Listen to him. Hello, Henry. You ready? Yeah. Come on. Oh, no. Wait a minute. What? Quick, you have to cover that cross. My mother sees that cross. Karen? Mom, I'd like you to meet my friend Henry Hill. How do you do? Hi, nice to meet you. My daughter says that uh, you're half Jewish. Um, just the good half. <laughs> and I love her laugh. That's Teresa Shepard. I love that laugh. That stayed with me, too. <laughs> she gets a kick out of him. All right, so that's when Henry shows up on one of their dates, and they have a great time, Henry Hill. I also like and appreciate how Karen introduces Henry, how Lorraine Bracco introduces um, Ray Liotta as her friend. I just find that so much more mature than this is my boyfriend or this is my girlfriend. Shut up. Get married or in the meantime, we don't know what's going on between you two. Do it discreetly. Just, you know, you go as friends, boyfriend, girlfriend, and all that connotes. You know what I mean? You know what that connotes? Premarital, you name it. <laughs> I, I'm no prude, but I just don't want people, I don't want to, I don't want to present or I don't want to be presented with. 
And there's another scene here. I, you know, it's funny. She's so associated with this movie, Suzanne Shepard, who died at 89. Um, I think she did it in one day. <laughs> it's one day's work on Goodfellas. Let's listen to the, uh, ooh, this is where she really lays into Karen. This is a month after the wedding, and they're sitting around in the house, and Henry hasn't come home yet. Cut 18. He's with his friends. What kind of a person doesn't call? Ma, he's a grown-up. He doesn't have to call every five minutes. If he was such a grown-up, why doesn't he get you to an apartment? Oi, don't start. Mom, you're the one who wanted us here. Listen, you're here a month, and sometimes I know he doesn't come home at all. What kind of people are these? Ma, what do you want me to do? Do? What can you do? He's not Jewish. Did you know how these people live? Did you know what they were like? Your father never stayed out all night without calling. Stay out? Daddy never went out at all, Ma. Isn't this great? You don't know how I feel. Bill, how do you feel now? You don't know where he is. You don't know who he's with. He's with his friends. Dad! Will you leave him out of this? He's suffered enough. The man hasn't been able to digest a decent meal in six weeks. All right, stop it there for a second. Isn't this priceless? Isn't this... I still quote this movie all the time. My brother, do what can you do? Do what can you do? Um, And then when she says... Mom, dad never went out at all. Teresa Shepard really backs up like, oh, gosh, you had to go there. I think they're trying to portray him as a mope. Uh, All right, let's finish the scene. Henry shows up. Joe Pesci breaking his chops. <laughs> uh, Shepard was a great. She was in The Sopranos. She was in Jacob's Ladder, Trees Lounge, Lolita, 1997 version, American Cuisine, Living Out Loud, Requiem for a Dream, on and on and on. Uh, she was a noted acting teacher and, ooh, an upcoming documentary featuring uh, all about her, A Gift of Fire. Hey, you could hear that, right? That's A Gift of Fire. All right, Suzanne Shepard, uh, rest in peace in your honor. I shall watch Goodfellas tonight for the 1037th time. I'll be right back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, I'm back. Oh, my gosh. What is up with that birthday cake of Joe Biden? Look, uh, he's got all kinds of people around him who want him gone. Nobody would put that picture. We've all been to a birthday party, right? We've all seen birthday cakes. Have you ever seen a birthday cake on fire like that? On fire like that? Of course not. Uh, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's like a, it's, it's, it's a four, five alarm fire on top of birthday cake. 
the most similar thing I've ever seen, and we've all seen that. It's a bit more festive. They put the funnel in and the sparks come out and it looks really, really nice. It looks fun. It looks, uh, but this looks like they're trying to somebody inside the Joe Biden. I'm talking about the birthday cake. He's 81 years old. They put on Instagram. I'm looking at it right now. Joe getting his cake and it doesn't have 81 candles. You know, nobody does the, you, you stop doing that when you're 11, right? There are no more a candle for every year. So they don't have to worry about that. If they were worried about that, this is a total overcompensation. We won't put the 81 candles because people, you put one big stupid candle in. Oh gosh, these people. I think somebody wants Joe Gunn, all right? They are highlighting his age with that thing, highlighting his uh, age from the inside, from the inside. His poll numbers are, um, nobody has seen poll numbers like this, but they're still trying to pretend that this is all normal. It's not normal. Hey, they're still also trying to pretend, you know, the rest of the country, they don't know Al Sharpton like we know Al Sharpton. It's amazing that he is on MSNBC every single day lecturing us about Matters of race and what's racist and what's not. Al Sharpton, who organized the racist boycott of Asian grocery stores in Brooklyn. The ABC News doesn't remember. They don't want to remember. NBC News. Nobody wants to remember. But I remember. It's amazing. It was actually in the paper. 1987, 1988, 1989. You can look at you, you can't look it up easily. You've got to go to the library and go to the microfiche. Remember the microfiche? Well, they still have it because you can't get everything online. You can't. And they've got it set up that way. I am so suspicious of big tech. I am so suspicious of everything right now, including you, Bob. What What do you want to say? <laughs> Greg, Mr. Oswald acted utterly alone. Shut he up! Alone How dare you? On the Come on. You don't, that is not true. You are as blind as I was just a little while ago. Just a little while ago. My God. You, how do you explain the job at the book depository on the eve of the assassin? How do you explain that? Chance? The people that his wife was living with heard about that job. Ruth Payne? Job. Ruth Payne? Ruth Payne. That's right. Ruth Payne. Yes, Ruth Payne. Yep. You don't think exactly. it's also suspicious that he lived down the block from those crazy beatniks? Greg, it's you, 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 you trust the Ruth Payne? You trust that? And, you and, brought that morale shit, morale shot guy? Morale, no, morale shits is his name, morale shits. Uh, he was uh, from Russia, and he just happens to live next door? He had help, a lot of it. Thanks, Bob. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Okay, okay, okay. Um, hey, we may get those hostages out of there. Is that right? All right. I want it done. I want it done. Uh, it doesn't make it. Uh, can you believe they took them to begin with? Terrorists. And can you believe, my gosh, you, this crazy woman, uh, and she's, unfortunately, there's so many more like her. Uh, Laura Mullen, is that her name? The professor from Wake Forest University, which is a pretty good school in North Carolina. Competitive. Uh, you need good grades to get in there. And she teaches literature. I just talked to somebody who was actually in her class, and she said she was a kind of an eccentric. Let me see exactly what she told me about her. 
uh, as I look that up, uh, you know what she said, right? She said, uh, I can't blame Hamas for doing what they do. If uh, anybody did that to me, if anybody was uh, occupying my land, I would think about showing up at one of their concerts and opening fire. Uh, a professor, a professor weighing in saying she would pick up a gun. You know, she got fired from Wake Forest. That's excellent, 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 excellent. Look, I have wide tolerance for anything, really. You can say just about anything, except that you would, um, you're tempted to kill people. Once you say, once you're tempted to kill people, uh, you literally not like, I'm going to kill that guy if he says it again. No, I mean, really talking about the mechanics and the thought and the motivation and saying you can actually see yourself opening fire on women and children and in a dance hall, then uh, you are very fireable, <laughs> uh, very, very, very fireable. At least, at least, you know, Ron DeSantis might even say that this is supporting terrorism. And I don't think he'd be wrong there. Let's see here. Uh, this is what my friend said about this uh, person. She is eccentric. She teaches poetry, so like the very typical college poetry profession, professor stereotype. But I don't remember her being political or radical like that. Most Wake Forest professors are conservative. It's a fairly conservative campus, so surprising she'd post that. And, uh, yeah, she posted that she would have no problem. She would do the same thing if she lived there, open fire on women and girls. And that's uh, very strange. Horrible, horrible. Ooh, listen to this. Good friend of Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg. You know, just because it's uh, pride doesn't necessarily mean it's good, right? You know, everything, uh, <laughs> America is kind of waking up that 10% of the population, maybe it's 5% of the population. I don't know what the percentage is. Uh, but there are great people, and then there are some pretty creepy people out there. And a lot of people are using uh, LGBTQ or, you know, especially the T and the as a as a as a mask, you know, as a well, I'm associated with this, therefore I'm a righteous person. No, you know, there are dirt bags in all walks of life, every single one of them, and um, you know, whatever it was, uh, they, they had a bad childhood, or they just I, who knows. I know lots of people who had crummy child childhoods, and they turned out to be exemplary people, but something went wrong somewhere along the way, and they do horrible things. Um. But, you know, just because you're LGBTQ or just because you're BLM or just because you're this, that or the other thing, you know, nobody nobody is surprised when they find out some white man, 50, you know, had a did something wrong. But I'm looking at this. So LGBTQ, Pete Buttigieg, right? Pete, Mayor Pete, Secretary Pete now, Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. I can't stand this guy. I really resent that he's a cabinet secretary. He has no business being there. And why is he there? Because he's LGBTQ. People aren't exactly sure where he is on that spectrum. Uh, it's a little bit of G, a little bit of B, and a little bit of Q. A little bit of queer and questioning, a little bit of bisexual, and a little bit of gay. Right? That's Some people actually think that he's really, he's, he was on the fence, but politically, for political reasons, he went all in. He went from B to G because he knew in our current culture Especially political journalists and political journalism is dominated by, uh, well, gay white men. Gay white men uh, write and drive the political narrative in America. I don't know why that. Well, it just is. It just is. There is a and it doesn't have to really mean much of anything. It doesn't. It doesn't really have to mean much of anything. But this is because, you know. 
this is self-selective, but I have noticed that a good chunk of the coverage when it comes to politics written often, not always, but often by some of these uh, LGBTQ individuals, especially the gay men. And forgive me if this is a little bit stereotypical, but uh, there's a bitchiness to the to the to the um, to what they write about. You know, oh, so and so said this. What do you say about that? It's just so gossipy and mean and stupid and superficial. And there is a certain look. Hey, I can be gossipy and mean and superficial. I, I, I have I, right. We all can be, but sometimes I see it. I see it sometimes, just sometimes, a little bit more among the, the these political reporters who happen to be LGBTQ. Anyway, back to Pete Buttigieg. Um, a good friend of his was just sentenced to 30 years in prison for the exploitation of 500 children. Former Maryland mayor and mentee friend of Pete Buttigieg, Patrick Woyan, has been sentenced to 30 years in prison for the exploitation of how many children? 500 plus. That's a lot of kids. Only 30 years? Any comment from the White House? Woyan pleaded guilty to over 100 counts of possession and distribution of child sexual abuse material. Woyan was serving as the mayor of College Park up until last March when he resigned to deal with his own mental health. The former mayor's husband, David Colossar, is standing by him and arguing that he's a good person. In spite of everything, I continue to look up to him. To my husband, I want to say I love you. Back in 2019, Woyan called Buttigieg his buddy and said that he was mentored by the now Secretary of Transportation. I actually met Mayor Pete Buttigieg shortly after I was elected mayor in 2015. I went to the U.S. Conference of Mayors winter meeting in D.C. in January 2015, and he was assigned to be my buddy, Woyan said in a 2019 interview. I now serve in a leadership role as vice chair of civil livability and bicycling in part due to his mentorship. What? I now serve in a leadership role as vice chair of city livability and bicycling. Is that a job? Vice chair of livability and bicycling. Wow. Um, in part due to his mentorship. Again, you can find anybody, all walks of life, all walks of life, you know, uh, and, and all orientations, uh, uh, all orientations. And people have screwed up and there are flaws and whatever. But I have noticed there is this kind of like this, Automatic assumption of righteousness when it comes to the LGBTQ stuff, right? It must be good if it's LGBT queer. LG, uh, can I call it LGBT queer? I think I can because that's what the Q stands for. Although some people will tell you it stands for questioning. Questioning. Haven't made up your mind yet. Well, why don't we, um, why don't we really take that as a given that eight-year-olds haven't made up their mind yet and leave them alone in the schools? You know, for all of you people who still think that Eric Adams is some sort of reasonable guy, that he actually supports cops and gives a damn and knows anything about right and wrong, I will remind you, the second thing he did when he became mayor, after he partied all night at that Club Zero, whatever the hell, downtown, Comes out with a statement supporting what? LGBT queer story time hour in public schools. Because that's what, uh, that's what a city is all about. 
It's the great big diversity. Yeah, him. The ones you were impressed. Why were you impressed by him anyway? Hmm? That's something that you've got to ask yourselves. Why were you so impressed with him? Because he looked good in a suit? What else? What else impressed you about him? Uh, let me take a quick break here. Tony, you are... Oh, hi, Tony. Hi, Greg Kelly. Gee, those stories are so gruesome. And it reminds me of Gavin Newsom in China. Just with playing around with that little boy on the basketball court. Oh, you mean when he spanked him? That was nasty. That was... That, and, you know what? That did not receive nearly enough attention. You're right about that. It was one thing to fall over, and then he spanks the kid. And a nine-year-old kid, he's touching his buttocks. You can't spank a kid, period. Even if it's your own kid, you're not allowed to spank the kid. He spanked a kid in China. Wow, I forgot all about that. I'm sorry. So go on. So that was really nasty. But I wanted to stay with that. I'm going to pass on what I was going to say. Because what's the gaze, bisexual, and all this sort of, Rainbow Coalition is looking to do is is include that in your state's right protections that you have a right, you know, under as a citizen to be protected by your gender. In other words, you can't be no one can hold anything against you because of how you conduct yourself. And that I think that was approved in Wisconsin, which is really offensive and I think or proposed. So that means that no matter what you do, no one can hold that against you if you're going for a job, if you're moving to a community. Well, hold on a second. Uh, I mean, look, I, I basically don't think one's sexuality and orientation should be used against somebody. I mean, really, that's their own business. It prob- probably shouldn't even come up in a job interview. But what what I think you're talking about is it, it, they want to make it so the orientation gives those orientations, not all orientations, not heterosexual people, but uh, gay and bisexual and trans, special rights, special privileges, more than just the regular, you know, vanilla straight people like me. Although, believe me, there's nothing vanilla about the way I conduct. Oh, but just kidding. Uh, so, uh, is that right? That's right. So, in other words, no one can hold that against you, uh, meaning you're protected for whatever you do under that umbrella. You're not excluded in any in any um, in any criminal activity because of that. That was the intent. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? What is it? What you wanted to say something else though? What was that? Yeah. So on the topic of JFK, mm. anyone who believes the story. I mean, I was nine years old. So anyone who believes the story about Lee Harvey Oswald is stuck in his time warp. I mean, for the most part, there was literature from Truman, who said right after Kennedy was assassinated, he did a piece in one of the newspapers, and it's... it's Who did? Who did? Who did? Harry Truman. Okay. And he was the president before Kennedy. It was Eisenhower, then... It was Truman, Eisenhower, then Kennedy. And Eisenhower said this... He wrote an article, and he said this quiet intelligence arm of the president has been so removed from its intended role that it is being interpreted as a symbol of sinister and mysterious foreign intrigue. It's being interpreted. And, as he said it's being interpreted. Is that right? Interpreted, yeah. Mm, so he's not actually and, saying it. Uh, where did you find this article from uh, Harry Truman? So that article was 
in um, the Washington Post, December 22nd, 1963. And then well, I know, article, but how did you find that one? Um, JFKfacts.org. All right, do me a favor. I want to get this thing, all right? I'm going to put you on hold because I want this uh, this letter, okay? Could you? All right, Tony, don't go away and get all, all right. the information. All right, good. Uh, I would love to see that letter. Uh, some of these, uh, yeah, some of these uh, websites aren't so hot, and there's all kinds of uh, all kinds of weirdness. Just because it's on the internet, some people think it's it, but I, obviously Tony knows a fake document from a real document. But I, so I, yeah, I got to see that. Um, you know, the Central Intelligence Agency. My goodness gracious, in the founding fathers. I understand that. Whenever I get into a conversation about this with people I know and like and respect, they'll tell me, "Look." 300 million people live in America. It's become very complex, you know, and there's government and you need government and you do to a point. I think it's gotten totally, totally. So much of our government has no basis in the Constitution, zero. And I want it all reevaluated. In fact, I want it drained, drain the swamp legally within the Constitution, of course, no violence, but, uh, it's going to be great. Did anybody see Ron DeSantis on TV? I'll say this. He actually, for the first time, I found myself liking him. Don't worry. I am Trump full steam ahead. And I'm not actually saying I liked him, but he was likable. You know, usually he's so weird and shifty and just kind of strange. I'm like, how did this guy ever get anybody to vote for him? But he was actually um, pretty decent last night. Uh, but sorry, it's still not your turn. And I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Anybody like that Carissa Thompson person? The, the sideline reporter? Uh, was she on TV this weekend? I'm sorry, you admit to making up stuff. That was awfully, awfully, awfully weird and very verbracious of her to do such a thing. Yes, verbracious, verbracious indeed. Um, gosh, the Wall Street Journal did a whole big write-up on uh, Taylor Swift and that Kelsey Travis, Travis Kelsey guy. Uh, unbelievable. Again, the America, such a juvenile society. Are they going out? Ooh, they're going out, and it's serious. Who in the hell cares? Let me know when you get married. If that, I'm, I'm just, they're both adults. They're both famous. You think this is the first time a football star ever went out with, uh, what is she again? A singer? You know, or like famous people tend to date famous people. It's not a big deal. We've heard this. We've seen this. Why does everybody go bananas? And it's not just, uh, there's something bigger about this one. And Taylor Swift, the more I, see her the less impressed i am and she comes out with that big guitar the big it just doesn't look right and then she sits with that piano that it looks like she bought it at um, the flea market i don't know i don't know and i do not like you know what it is it's idol worship remember american idol it american idol right uh and you would, the pop star, you know, you vote for some amateur and then they would become like Clay Aiken, right? Now, if I'm not mistaken, Idol, American Idol and the worshiping of famous people. Um, I think that is something you're not supposed to do. And who told us about that? Let me think. Let me think. 
Um, oh, yeah. God. God. It is considered a sin. Uh, idolatry. Let's see here. Idolatry. Which which commandment is it? Anybody know? Uh, it's got to be a big one. It's in the top ten, I'm pretty sure. Uh, top <laughs> ten commandments. If you find yourself going too bananas for a person rather than God, especially if it's a person that you don't know, ten commandments. Let's go here. Uh, you shall. Um, can somebody help me with this? I know it's in here. You, you, is it the first commandment? You shall have no other gods but me. Uh, honor your mother. Thou shall not take the Lord's name. Shall not make unto any graven image. I, I don't know, but it's not something you're supposed to do. All right. I, if anybody can help me narrow it down, I think it's, there's something about idol worship. And that's not a good thing. Bob, yes. Greg, you you finally figured it out. Lee Harvey Oswald could not have made those shots. Well, no. Actually, he could have. That's the – that's the uh, just because I believe that it was a broader conspiracy does not mean that that shot from the school book depository – it's how he got to the depository, how he got that job. That's the part that shows me. Nope, I've actually stood in the sixth-floor window. I've looked down Elm Street, and that is a shot that anybody with a reasonable amount of marksmanship training, you could make that shot, You could, especially with a telescopic sight. Bob. They have a 6.5 Carcano. That was only dropped once, if you know what that is. And no, that, I don't. That sounds like it's code for something weird. Yeah, it means they dropped it and ran. You never heard that before. No. Only dropped once? Oh, okay. But anyway, with that gun, you can't. You can't get that. You can't cycle it that fast. You're, you're, and, and Bob, I'm sorry, but you're not. You're, that's not accurate. All right, you got to remember the first round was already chambered bam all right and the first round missed bam bam three shots he only had to make the action twice it's totally doable completely and totally doable even by lee harvey oswald have one i'm i'm a good shot up to about a thousand yards trust me oh wait no 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 do you know what the distance was? It wasn't a thousand yards. It was about two hundred feet. Don't even think of yards. It was feet. Feet. All right. It was an easy shot. If you don't believe me, get on a plane and go to Dallas and go to that six floor museum. Stay at the Radisson down the block. Uh, they open usually at ten o'clock. They're open on all uh, every day of the year except Christmas. And you can go and you can stand in that window and you will realize, my gosh, what an easy shot. Because there's an X marks the spot. They've got an X in the street. And 60 years ago uh, tomorrow, JFK was shot. Lee Harvey Oswald definitely had something to do with it. But he wasn't the only one. I believe it was a vast government conspiracy. Very, very vast. And that same government is still in place. It can strike again. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. 
The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.